Champions of Psychology is meant as education and entertainment. It is not a substitute for medical advice or professional counseling. Discussion of mental health topics will be primarily rooted in research and the personal experiences and self-disclosures of the hosts. While we can provide generalized education and possible mental health resources, we cannot offer any recommendations, advice, or opinions for any specific persons, cases, or situations. We provide these resources and links at our sole discretion, but have not necessarily vetted or reviewed any resource. We assume no liability for the use of the information or resources on these sites, and we encourage you to use your own best judgment. Hello, and welcome to Champions of Psychology, a show with the goal of openly talking about mental health and gaming presented by Codename Entertainment and TakeThis.org. Every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time here on Twitch.tv slash Games, or later on your favorite podcast service, normally Mitra Jordan and Rafael Bucamato, a.k.a. Dr. B, talk about mental health in these unprecedented times as well as how gaming affects us. Uh, but today we have another guest with us, and it is Dr. Coert. Uh, uh, welcome. Thank you for being here. Hi, thank you for having me. So excited to be here. Yeah. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, you can put them into the chat uh, that I, Trevor Bettis, will ask them later in the show. And our topic today is going to be uh, uh, gaming and, and social connections. But before we get to that, uh, Dr. Coart, who are you for the fine people who may not know? <laughs> Hi, I'm Rachel, Dr. Rachel Coart. I am the research director for Take This, where I work with the lovely Dr. B. I am also a science content creator on YouTube, Sightgeist, where I talk about the um, effects of games, how games impact us physically, socially, and psychologically. And and who who is the other mysterious stranger here? Who I I forgot to even <laughs> say in the intro thing. <laughs> no, no, you you talked about me. Oh, okay. Well, I, I meant like. It. I, I, yeah, go ahead. Who are you? <laughs> All will talk about me. <laughs> Remember me. Remember. No, I'm gonna. Doctor B stands for brain. I try to take over the world every night. Uh, no, I'm I'm Rafael Bocamazzo, better known as Doctor B for long Italian name reasons, and I am the clinical director over at Take This. While I am non-practicing doctor of clinical psychology, I am also an expert on the applied use of role-playing games and clinical and learning settings. And uh, I also host body doubling study sessions on my own Twitch channel four times a week. They're quiet and chill and I, I'm around. I do stuff. <laughs> Those body doubling streams, so good, so good. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're, we're gonna talk about gaming and, and social connections today. Um, where do you all wanna start with that? Well, so Trevor. Yes. So Trevor and Rachel, hmm. tell you what, hmm. I hear this thing I, I, all the time, usually from parents, teachers, medical professionals, that real relationships are only face-to-face. -face. <laughs> now, I, of course, <sighs> completely Lots. believe that as a gamer. Uh, I've heard that so much through my life. No, it's so, so obnoxious, much. this idea that that if you're gaming with people, it's not a real relationship mm -hmm. um, in an online space because somehow it's not social. Yeah, yeah like it, it, 
I, I think I've told this one on the, on the show before, but like my, my grandfather was very much a believer in that where he's just like, you're just wasting your time with those video games. Like those people like aren't real friends or anything like that. And so like, I gave him a test one day where I'm like, where I talked to, he's like, what happened in school today? And so I told him about some stuff that was happening with two of my friends. And I went, okay, one of those was an online friend. And one of those was at my school. Which one was it? Mm-hmm. Bike drop. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he still said uh, stuff afterwards, but it was still fun to do at the time. I felt really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's so frustrating, especially like you said, as gamers, if you ask people who play games, they would never agree with that statement because we're well aware that the people we play games with are valuable social relationships. Mm-hmm. I think it's a lot of times there's just this barrier between you don't really know who they are because you don't see their face. Well, maybe I do see their face. Maybe we play on Zoom because you don't know where they live. Well, maybe I do know where they live because we talk about lots of different things. So yeah, I think that the boundaries are so fluid these days. It's really, um, it's really not accurate to describe them as being completely different or completely separate relationships. Well, and Mm -hmm. I, one of the things, so um, story time, uh, <laughs> Dr. Cowart and I have now known each other for a couple of years, and I was very aware of Dr. Cowart's work before meeting her face to face. I won't lie. I fanboyed a little. And <laughs> the the one of the things in several of her books that I I've talked about with parents and teachers, et cetera, many, many times is the idea of social capital. And how regardless, regardless of whether you're engaged with people face to face in meat space or whether you're engaging with people via an online medium like Trevor, Trevor and I have been talking for talking now for like two weeks about how I need I need to start playing Destiny 2. And I'm looking forward to that, to doing group raids. And regardless of whether it's collaborating on those group raids or being in school and them letting me down on a group project <laughs> i'm gaining social capital but dr cowart what exactly is social capital yeah social capital is a fancy word for the resources that we acquire in relationships relationships are give and take we um, acquire new information you know dr b teaches me about obscure music we uh, acquire emotional support <laughs> emotional support, social support. You know, if you're having a bad day, you you can talk to your friends and and they provide tangible favors. So this idea of new information, social, emotional support, physical resources, this is all under the umbrella of social capital. This is the things that we gain in exchange in our relationships. So when we talk about online versus offline, there's always an argument that online friends are less able to provide that Mostly the argument being they can't provide tangible favors, like they can't help you move, to which I always say, no one wants to help me move. It doesn't matter where I know them from. <laughs> right? Well, but, so, I mean, but what do you hey, mean? Hey, real, like, real quick, I, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I've really loved the times that I've been the friend who's online and someone's like, oh, yeah, now I've got this big move. And I'm like, oh, and they can't ask me for help. Uh, Thank yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe it's a benefit. See, it's a benefit instead of a deficit. Yes. Uh, I do do also want to say real quick, uh, I I apologize again, video uh, uh, watchers, the the desync is happening again. Don't know what's happening. I lowered the resolution. I'm out of ideas. I'm just, I don't know. I'm sorry. Can we send up the X split signal? 
<laughs> you know what? You know what? That's how, I'm going to write that down. I'm going to contact Exploit Support today and see what the heck is going on. Continue. Yeah. I apologize. Well, okay. So, but uh, Dr. Cohen, you talk about you talk about uh, resources in in social relationships. And first of all, it's early enough, and my brain is uh, bouncing all over the place. Then I'm like, like wood in in Catan, and I like get things yes. from people. But the, but like. <laughs> In terms in in terms of actual resources, like interpersonal resources, there's two things that you've talked about in the past and uh, talk about frequently. And one of them is like is bonding capital. How how do games how do games help us bond? I ask rhetorically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, you're bringing up. So there's there's two branches. The other one you're going to bring up is bridging. So there's bridging it is because that's what I wrote bonding. down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Those are two kinds of social capital. Bonding social capital is close-knit friendships, your closest friends, the people you call in the middle of the night when you're when you're sad, um, those kinds of relationships. Bridging are more um, co-workers, somebody you might call for a favor now and then, someone you might talk to at the water cooler, but not necessarily somebody who you would call when you're having like a really bad day and you need mm. that strong support. So this is the way that friendships are often differentiated. Now, there's long been an argument that online friendships promote more bridging than bonding, social capital. Hmm. So they're more loose, diffuse networks than like really close relationships. But if you look deeper into the research, you find that online relationships can very easily be both. Of course, there's more bridging. You know, I have 150 people in my in my guild, right? I, I'm not going to know them all really well, oh. but there are three that I know very, yeah. very well, right? So that would fall more into the bonding. In your first book, did, uh, in in the video game debate one, I, I if I recall correctly, uh, correctly, wow, I did not <laughs> recall correctly. Uh, <laughs> and earlier... <laughs> Uh, and earlier, this was the Bonut Dotai. So Bonut Dotai. <laughs> Befuddled words a bit. Um, but I, I think in your first in your first book, the video game debate one, you you called them connectedness versus intimacy. Right, right, because it, it is about the level of it's mostly about emotional bonding and emotional support. So I feel very connected to uh, the entire community at Take This. Uh, everybody on the Discord, I have a sense of connection with them, but my sense of intimacy is not the same for everybody in the Take This Discord. I'm very close to Dr. B. I've known him for several years. Uh, if I was having a bad day, I would call him, uh, but I wouldn't necessarily call, you know, everyone in the, in the network of, of the Take This Discord. So yes, that's another good way of kind of differentiating. I like to think of it as kind of when I think of networks, I'm I'm really imagining like this graphic of just like spider lines going everywhere. <laughs> like those are our networks, right? When we play games, but our close friendships, Dunbar's magic number, seven plus or minus two. We have seven plus or minus two close, intimate friends at any given time. Um, because that's about as much as we can handle. <laughs> and, and maintain that varies like, depending on who plays certain games with who. <laughs> <laughs> if you play Mario Party with Dr. B, he's oh, out. God, of that no, we're already bringing that up. No. I told you I was gonna bring it up. This is foreshadowing for later in the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a monster. I let you back okay. in. Hold on, hold on, chat. I don't. Okay, I'm just. You know what? I'm gonna own this. I'm gonna own this ahead of time. All okay. right. Doctor okay. Cohort's gonna tell you some things, and they're probably <laughs> true. <laughs> things were said. Things I regret. I am a monster. All right. When it comes to Mario Party. <laughs> 
The moral is, don't play Mario Party with Dr. P. <laughs> That's the takeaway. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it so much. And, and the the idea of trying to do uh, some sort of charity stream with Dr. B to play Mario Party with him has totally crossed my mind now. But you should, to be honest. So we did a 24-hour stream earlier in the week, and I played Mario Party with uh, Dr. Sarah Hayes, who's a clinical contributor to Take This. And it did come up that uh, Dr. B would be unavailable during that time. And I was like, as he should be, because I'm not. Um, <laughs> so, I can see how should, red I'm turning. Be. Oh, it's pretty. Oh, <laughs> it's so a beautiful good. shade of red. Yeah. Yes, oh yes. God. All right. No, I I may have threatened to eat people's souls. There were like threats in Klingon. Okay. Do you want to be honest? <laughs> they weren't in Klingon because I can't speak <laughs> Klingon, but they were definitely. No, Klingon when, when you get to that level of anger, Doctor B, you just start yeah. talking in Klingon so, and other and speaking in oh, Klingon. Yeah. And yeah, no, I, I in the chat I, is right. I think I, I think I cursed our friend's family down to the third generation saying they dishonored the empire, something to that effect. That something like that. But this yeah. is how this is how memories are made with friends. Um <laughs> if they're good memories. Um but no, look, you you were talking about how like the 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 different types of friendships you have with people online mm -hmm. like I I know for me like if I know someone's like actual name like, and if I hear someone say like, oh, I've got Brandon that I can bring in, I know that they're, they know each other well enough for that. If someone's just like, oh, yeah. you know, I've got freaking death elite awesomeness. <laughs> right, <laughs> it's just like, all right, right. well, you know, we'll see how they are. Um, right, right. <laughs> yeah. And so like, I do think that there's an interesting way of talking about friends online that is a little bit different because like if it's in person, it's just like, oh, yeah, I've got John coming to hang out with us tonight. Well, mm -hmm. there's like, well, I don't like, OK, I don't know uh, from the way that you're talking. I can't I can't decipher how well, you know, John or anything. But online, right. again, if you know their name versus their gamer tag, mm -hmm. that to me gives me some sort of indication of your level of friendship. Well, yeah, one, different set of social cues. Yes. Yeah. Well, and one of the things I want to throw out there is, um, especially for people who struggle with various things like um, social anxiety, uh, significant social anxiety, agoraphobia, neurodiversity, uh, online online methods of communication can often facilitate more healthy mm -hmm. forms of communication. Like as an example, uh, for a lot of us who are on the autism spectrum, the 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 pressures of real time in the moment reciprocity especially emotionally can be an extreme challenge and so for a lot of us on the spectrum what are called asynchronous forms of communication essentially like you text me i have a moment to think about it i can process what i'm feeling without getting overloaded and respond back in a more thoughtful way as opposed to that very quick paced more amorphous real-time form of communication and so I'm going to even go so far as to say to to downplay the value of online relationships is subtly ableist. Mm. Mm, interesting. Mm. And and also, I want to also throw in there, I think games are a specific ecosphere in this as well, because games not only provide asynchronous communication, 
They provide a perpetual topic of conversation. Yes. So mm-hmm. for people who have difficulties thinking of like what to say, hi. I always can be like, <laughs> right. It's a hi. Yeah, exactly. Um, I always can be like, do you have the potions or what quest are you on? Like there's always something to talk about. And that is really facilitating for people who don't necessarily have that fluidity in their speech. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I've talked about being autistic so many times on this show that um, one of the things that's easier for me socially is activity, mm-hmm. activity based social interactions because not Mario party. That was easier for me. <laughs> <laughs> what? But yes. But yes. What? You're right. Uh, you ever had a bow tie? You ever had a guy in a bow tie threaten your soul? <laughs> is um, it because it provides a topic of conversation? Is is that why? Or well, that it's it's a purpose driven thing. Um, I, mm. I. How can I put this? Me having a role and a purpose going into something is a lot easier for me to know the rules of the social interactions. Mm-hmm. Like me going to, it, it's so weird that a lot of folks who see me at conventions and have only met me in a convention context, uh, they really think I'm extroverted. I am not. I am, flam- I, I, I am gregarious, sure. But when I'm at, when I'm at a convention, I have a role. I'm Dr. B. If I go to a party and I'm there to help them cook, I have a role, I have a purpose. If I'm playing a game with somebody and they're there to hang out and play games, there's a role, there's a purpose. That's what we're doing. If you drop me off in a social interaction and just say, hey, be yourself, I'm going to panic because I don't know what the rules are. My immediate thought every time that happens to me is IT crowd of just uh, casual. Yeah, no, yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. the dinner party. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so true. And... Yeah games as a, a, as an activity driven form of socialization offer a purpose and a context for all of these interactions mm-hmm. that is externally generated mm-hmm. that I don't have to struggle to like make small talk or whatever. So someone in the chat is uh, chamber X 77 says, uh, I've been uh, called an extrovert as well, which tells me that my masking is working. Well, Oh, hundred percent. Anytime yes. someone's just like, you're such an extrovert. I'm just like, I'm tricking you so well. <laughs> <laughs> well oh, you know what? There was another comment that I see come up from Valerie Z and I want to address this. Um, isn't that escapism from your true self? No, it's not at mm-hmm. 100%. It's not yeah. because all of this stuff comes from me. And if we really want to get into it, um, whatever we define as our true self is completely subjective. And the the truth is that, um, I, and I've talked about this before, I, I struggle with a moderate degree of alexithymia, where, which means I, if you think about empathy as being able to tune into the emotional experiences of other people, I can't tune into the emotional experiences of myself. I don't mm-hmm. hide what I'm feeling from others. I don't know what I'm feeling. It's just loud. Yeah. And me, open-ended questions for a lot of people on the spectrum are devastatingly vague because we don't have context. And games give a context. Essentially, they provide a social framework under which we can socialize, a lot of us can socialize more easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, the reason I laughed at the beginning of that is uh, Joe uh, Joe Malo said, uh, in parentheses, one imposter remains. 
I'm not allowed to play that either. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, I heard about that one. Um, I'm competitive. (laughs) (laughs) So I I guess I guess like a next question that I want to go to that we have on our dock here is just how does this happen? Like what 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 is what is bringing this about with uh, gaming socializing versus in real life socializing? Yeah, I think there's just a general like what's bringing about like the misperception that it's less valuable or what's bringing yeah. about. Yeah, yeah let, let, let's let's talk about that one. Yeah, I think it's just a general misunderstanding, you know, of what happens in a game for people who don't play them, because as we said before, anybody who plays them knows they're incredibly social. But you think about from the outside in, I did a lot of my early work in my PhD looking at the stereotype of gamers and there's the stereotype that gaming is a lonely, isolated activity. Now, from the outside in, you can see how that connection is made. You see a person with headphones, you don't hear anything alone at a computer, right? But you don't realize they're connected to a world of loads of other people, whether it's I mean, by that definition, what we're doing right now is is a lonely thing. Right. Yeah. From the outside looking in, someone walking by who doesn't know what I'm doing, um, and if I'm not talking, right, unless it's Mm -hmm. me, like, if it's a first-person shooter, I might be saying that <laughs> But other than that, if I'm concentrating, I might not be talking. Um, and, and it looks like a single activity. But I think that's where the stereotype came from, right? That people who don't have social abilities or gravitate towards it because they're unable to socialize in other contexts, which is bollocks. It's not true. Um, and second, that it's isolating. She went uh, to school in England, folks. Sometimes I, I, it comes out. That is know. that is the first <laughs> time bollocks has been used on this oh, show. Well okay. done. Thanks. <laughs> uh, no, that that I mean that does that does make sense. Like yeah, like I I just like back with my grandfather. Like I didn't like that he had that opinion of the online friends that I had, but I understood it because yeah, to him, yeah. I'm sitting in my room alone on my bed with a controller in my hand. It does not look like I am socializing in any way, shape, or form. Right. And when I'm yelling at people, it just seems like I am, you know, <laughs> just screaming at my TV. <laughs> Which you do. I mean, come on. Who hasn't screamed at their TV? It's true. Who hasn't true. broken a mouse playing a first person shooter? Tell me. <laughs> I have not. Not Who, just me. Whom's amongst us? <laughs> Maybe it's just me. Uh, I'm, I, I feel like we're going into like Reverend Lovejoy territory about <laughs> and whom's amongst us have not broken their mouse. <laughs> In a fit oh, of rage. God. Now I want R- Reverend Lovejoy to just talk about gaming. <laughs> but like still in the sermon way. Yeah, that'd be And great. then Mario did begat another <laughs> mushroom. <laughs> um, okay. Let, so I, I think, see, I think, oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was like, Dr. Goose says games are inherently social. And, and I love that point because I was talking to somebody not that long ago about Twitch. And they were saying... What a strange phenomenon this is, people watching other people play games. And I was like, I have an older brother. I did this all day long in my childhood. It was Mm. just me watching one other person. So yeah, it's always been a social thing. I'm sorry. I I, I always love the people who say how strange it is. And then these are the same people who are like, hey, you want to go watch the baseball game? And I'm like... (laughs) I have questions. <laughs> you mean, you mean like, the same people that when their team makes a bad play says we really should have run the ball there and I go, yeah, you were not on the field. Yeah, I no, <laughs> seriously, it, it's the same thing. There was a meme I saw 20 years ago that back in the early days of the internet, 
that was one of those demotivational things. And it was uh, a bunch, it, it was one of those demotivational posters. And it was uh, a, a bunch of dudes with their shirtless at a football game with all of them spelling out individual letters on their chests of their team. And the caption was just D and D. Excuse me. Sport. The, the, the caption was sports D and D for the guys who used to beat up those of us who played D and D. I, I went over to a buddy's house one time while he and his brother-in-law were picking their fantasy football drafts. And Ooh. I went, Oh, and I, and I, and, and, and his, his brother-in-law was doing his and, and my, my buddy was done. And, and I said, okay, explain fantasy football to me. I do not understand this. And so he explains it out to me. I went, Oh, this is like D and D, but the players are the dice. And this brother-in-law went, "No, it is not like that. <laughs> it is exactly like that. Exactly it is like exactly that. like that." But in the here's the weird thing: I've had those guys look at me strangely, and I'm like, "That is a crunchier rule system than even GURPS." All right, so yes. I, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I. The, the, Fifth edition, easier to play. I will teach you in 10 minutes. The, the, b b before I had it explained to me, I had another friend that like came to hang out with us and he gets there and immediately starts talking about his fantasy football draft and like how good his team did and stuff like this. I was like, oh yeah, no, that was just like last week when Kyle got this critical hit against the Red Dragon they were fighting at the end. And he goes, what? And I went, now you know how I feel. We brought this up in the pre-production meeting, this idea that... Um, that and I, I know that Dr. Cowart's going to speak to this extensively. The idea of there are different modes of play. In developmental psychology, we talk about different levels of evolving play. Okay. And there's a difference between what's called parallel play, which I love, and uh, cooperative play, which also I like. And, but even in playing single player yeah. MMOs, you are playing with other people and mm -hmm. it's called alone together. Dr. Cohort, take it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yes, there's a, it's a, in the research community, I would say a famous research paper called alone together. And it is exactly that. So when we play online games, this was particularly about either EverQuest or World of Warcraft. It was in the height of the MMO um, popularity we are surrounded by other players who we know are there. So even if we're not interacting with them, we're being social, we're playing alone, but together. And it's the same idea with Twitch. So there was a research study that came out at the end of 2020 about how Twitch has been a social and emotional boon to people during COVID quarantine, above and beyond things like YouTube or television. The idea being... It has the sense that someone else is there. Someone is live. There's another person right here, right now with me. And it gives you that sense of social and emotional comfort mm -hmm. knowing that you're alone together. Yeah. And I, I see Dr. Goose in the chat. Yes. And I see Dr. Goose chiming in with points that were missing. And I'm going to totally out Dr. Goose. Dr. Goose is <laughs> our community manager at Take This. Uh, Dr. Kelly Dunlap, and also probably the greatest authority in the world, and that's not hyperbolic given her credentials and her research on game design and mental health. Yes. Um, yep. So, I, 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 we have been blessed by mm -hmm. by additional knowledge within the chat of a literal world authority. <laughs> Thank you for uh, joining us, uh, Dr. Dunlap. Um, 
No, the 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 gaming uh, alone together thing like really hits home for me. Like I remember playing Star Wars Galaxies back in the day. That was the first MMO I ever played, and I had I'd, like the the most wild interaction I've ever had in MMO was literally the first one I ever had. I made my character. My cousin was explaining how I was playing on his on his computer. He's explaining to me how to do everything. I made my character. It dropped me in some world. I, I don't remember where. And I just started walking out and going places. And I'm like, ah, oh, this is it's Star Wars. I love Star Wars. It's so cool. <laughs> and then a lizard popped out and just started murdering me. Just like it was this tiny little like compy thing. And it was just like, die. You're going to die now. I didn't have a weapon. I didn't know how anything worked. And all of a sudden another player shows up and kills the thing. Mm. And I was like, Oh, Whoa. And so I, I, you know, my cousin showed me how to the talk in game. And so I typed it and, uh, and said, thank you. And they responded to me in Spanish. And it was one of the most wild moments for me where I was just like, this is so like, that was where I got what an MMO was where I'm just like, this person's in another part of the world and just mm -hmm. saved me from this small little monster thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. Oh, MMOs have a very special place in my heart. I I'm doing a video in a couple months. I've already recorded it, but it comes out in a couple months on site guys about my um, experience with MMOs coming at a difficult time in my life. And that's when the, the, the research article about Twitch was about during COVID quarantine and a difficult time in your life. Being able to be in a space where, yeah, it's populated by other people in the world. At 2 a.m. you can log on and there are people yep. there to play with, to interact with, to talk with. Uh, it's pretty amazing. It is the farthest thing from antisocial that I can imagine. <laughs> well, and I, I think I saw this brought up in the chat a little earlier that even... Um, even single player games and this, this harkens back to like my childhood, um, where again, autistic, I didn't understand my peers and I, um, video games were really my respite. The video games were something I understood. Um, I still have the first 70 issues of Nintendo power. That's just something I brag about. And Which you should, <laughs> but what was cool is that even the single player video games gave me a touchstone to talk to other people about something mm -hmm. because I remember when my classmates and I like when Mario three came out, Oh, we, our minds were just blown <laughs> and we were, you know, we'd come to class the next day and like, dude, did you, did you figure out how to fly with the raccoon tail? What? what? Dude, did you know that if you get the Tanuki Mario, you can turn into a statue. Oh man. The, 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 the recess, like social, part of games back in the day for me was just what like all of the pokemon rumors my god just like you, you know my my uncle works at nintendo Baby, and working. told me that if you trade these pokemon <laughs> right right and even those single player games gave us this cultural touchstone and cultural mm -hmm. connection with with the people in, in fact it was about the only thing i could actually reliably talk to the people in my class about um because i didn't understand the rest oh, of the stuff daddy. they were going on they were going on about okay mm -hmm. yeah um I let's mean, even oh. today can i just mention like even today okay. that's still so important like I, I have a lot of parents who don't want their kids to play games or whatever it might be but a point i often bring up is that exactly like, it is a cultural it is of cultural relevance for your children to be able to go to school and talk about yes destiny 2 or halo or whatever mm -hmm. it is these days yeah. If they're of the appropriate the age, developmental days. age to be playing that according to parental guidance. Yes, yes. He has heartbeat. All the age ratings. 
Uh, let's take a quick uh, break to remind our viewers and listeners of our disclaimer, and then we will be right back. Stay tuned. Champions of Psychology is meant as education and entertainment. It is not a substitute for medical advice or professional counseling. Discussion of mental health topics will be primarily rooted in research and the personal experiences and self-disclosures of the hosts. While we can provide generalized education and possible mental health resources, we cannot offer any recommendations, advice, or opinions for any specific persons, cases, or situations. We provide these resources and links at our sole discretion, but have not necessarily vetted or reviewed any resource. We assume no liability for the use of the information or resources on these sites, and we encourage you to use your own best judgment. Okay, so we, 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 we've talked a bit about this, and we, we've shared a couple of personal experiences, and I would, I would be remiss if I didn't give us a chance to talk about a very specific personal experience, maybe expanding on that, that Mario Party part. <laughs> so, so essentially, like, what, what are these personal experiences that we've had that, like, kind of show us, like, I've talked about a few of them. Uh, that I have had, like the, the Star Wars Galaxies one. But like earlier you were talking about, um, uh, Dr. Ray, I believe it was you, they were talking about like being able to try out different personalities and stuff like that. And that was 100% me. Like Halo 2 Online let me figure out who I was. High school did not. Like I mm -hmm. did not know or understand how to find my personality in person at school but when i was online i could try stuff out and be like okay don't do that that makes you a jerk <laughs> okay this one worked okay this style of comedy gets more laughs than this style of comedy don't do that style um and like by the time i hit college like i was a completely like personality wise different person than who I was in junior year before I started playing Halo 2 online. Um and like that would that's one that always sticks out to me as a way that like socializing and gaming can have really good effects on you. I I think it had a good effect. I think I'm pretty cool, but you know, I'm pretty biased as well. I think you're cool. <laughs> think you're no, um games are great social learning grounds, right? And it doesn't have to be a role playing game. A lot of times we talk about like role-playing games where I tried on a different um, personalities, different genders, different whatever it might be. Uh, but mm -hmm. even without that level of avatar customization to be able to do it so, you know, uh, what's the word? So literally trying mm -hmm. on different um, personas. Yeah, games are great places for trying new social skills or can I make friends if I have this kind of humor or, oh, yeah. if I say this thing, people don't want to play with me, so maybe we won't act that way. Mm -hmm. um, but it's great for that, for testing and, and having little real world repercussions. Like if I alienate, um, you know, squirrel girl four, it doesn't matter, right? I don't know her, <laughs> but yeah. I can then take these skills uh, who, into who the real world. Who in the world multiverse and, and is squirrel girl four? <laughs> I know, I was, I was thinking about the multiverse. Oddly enough, she's actually the uh, the seventy fourth incarnation of Squirrel Girl. I, now I have a song by Kirby Crackle going through my head: "The Great Lakes Avengers." <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like like um, the 
well actually one of the funny parts of it is my voice uh became like this when i was like 16 so mm-hmm. like i was playing halo and they're like you're a 30 year old man i'm like i am not i don't even have my driver's license yet <laughs> is it like that themes from the scene from the simpsons where homer is singing ave maria <laughs> it was exactly like that it just happened one day yeah no like 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 people like there were people who like treated me like i was an adult like like they they would be, they would listen to me because i the way i sounded i'm just like that's weird like i don't know what i'm doing here <laughs> one one of the things i i, I actually want to point out and this harkens back to uh, some of the things we were talking about earlier is that I have trouble with small talk. I really do. I mean, it's not shocking. A lot of folks on the spectrum do. Um, it, it's, I, I, I have, I, I just, I struggle with it because it's by definition talking about things of n- no importance. I understand the social role of it on an academic level. It's a way of uh, figuring out is this this person a safe person to disclose more vulnerable information to, and we sort of have this um, escalating response pattern of self-disclosures we make a little bit of a self-disclosure socially someone meets us with that level of self-disclosure one person does it again and then we see where it sort of tops out and if one person goes too far and the other person doesn't meet them well that's kind of the level of friendship you're at at Mm -hmm. that point but when it comes to games um and dr coward has talked about this to us dr coward has talked about this in her books there is increased self-disclosure it's in online formats. And I have gotten to know some of the best friends in my life online first because we could just skip the small talk. They went and they just started talking about things that were of actual importance to them. And because they were of actual importance to them, I was really interested and I could pay attention and I could ask about these things and have these meaningful conversations about things of actual vulnerable importance to them through mm-hmm. this online environment. And then when we met up in person, yeah, can I tell you what their favorite color is? No, but can I tell you their, you know, their fears and hopes and dreams? Sure. And that's where I, I mean, I might not know the mundane details about their life, but I know the stuff that matters to them. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to, um, point something out in the the chat to kind of explain something so valor z said in my opinion it's a slippery slope uh when you say it's okay to dehumanize uh they said schoolgirl 74 it was squirrel girl squirrel girl uh as a disposable uh test object that's not what we're saying like okay like think of it this way um in in high school when i was playing halo i might have said something uh like oh like just start a try to start a topic try to start a conversation like i absolutely freaking hate naruto it's one of the worst things i've ever seen i I, it's just that it's terrible and someone goes wow that's my favorite show ever and i really don't like the way that you just came off talking about that i'm gonna leave this uh chat Mm-hmm. that has taught me something that that's not the way to start a conversation. That's not the way to do, to, to talk about something. Uh, that person left. I, and, and what I mean is like, yes, that is, I, I have a moment where I'm just like, I don't like that. I did that. I'm going to take, learn a lesson mm-hmm. from it, but I'm probably never going to see that person again. I'm never going to interact with that person again. Uh, whereas like if I did that at school and they were in my class and sitting next to me, Every day, that person's out there just be like, I can't believe you freaking hate Naruto, you jerk. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's a great example. And it's also, too, like, online, 
I can get on and talk about a problem I have with my best friend or a struggle I'm having with my boyfriend. And I don't have to worry that squirrel girl is mm-hmm. going to take that information and turn back around and go to my best friend and tell them, you know, Rachel was saying this, this stuff. Yeah. Right. Might be. So yeah. it, it provides a, a, a safe social testing ground, right? Either yeah. this is not the way to make friends or this is a place where I can practice these different levels of self-disclosure um, and have a safe space where I can talk about things where I know that it's safe and it's going to stay and not impact me in other areas of my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, I want to point out that for a lot of for a lot of people, and in many respects, I'm one of them. These online forms of communication are, in fact, not analogous uh, mm-hmm. in terms of our skill sets to real to real life, quote unquote, offline life. The um, they are actually easier because of the diff- because of the different cap- you know strengths and weaknesses of my social communication abilities being autistic. Um, they, I, I actually, I have a stronger presence, I think, uh, a more subtly nuanced presence when I'm talking to people online, um, as opposed to, you know, I struggle face to face with things I need time to process. And that's, that's true with a lot of people. So I, I want to, again, throw this out there to people that let's not denigrate online forms of communication as being lesser than, because for some of us, it's where we shine. There, there is legitimately a, a friendship that I've had with uh, this person um, for over 10 years now. We've never spoken like voice wise. We've only spoken through text. Uh, we met on the red versus blue forums and Super he and funny. I. He and I were like the were like some of the first people to get Twitter. And so we're like, oh, we'll follow each other. And we've still been following each other and still talk occasionally. And it was because we like met on the red versus blue forums just through text. Like it's, it's, it is, it, I, I, I love that. That's one of my favorite things. <laughs> like, I think it's to the point that if we ever did see each other in person, we'd be like, nah, nah, we're just going to keep it like this. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are getting towards the end of this episode to the time where we would give uh, chat a chance to uh, ask some questions. Is there any last points that either of you want to touch on before handing it over to chat? Uh, I would ooh. like to touch on something, Dr. Green. Can I of touch course. on something? Um, there's a, a quote that I use in a lot of the workshops that I give, and it's um, from a research study from Nikki that found 75% of people say their online friends are as real or more real than their real life friends. And 65% or more, depending on who you're asking, share things online that they haven't shared offline. These spaces are incredibly socially valuable, even for people who don't have, quote unquote, you know, traditional difficulties, maybe communicating um, in traditional contexts. Online spaces do offer something different and it's something very valuable. Mm. It's true. Uh, I will I will say that um, games have been responsible for some of the best friendships I've had, as well as some of the best memories in my life. Uh, I mentioned this to you both yesterday that when I was a teenager and we would have these group sleepovers at my friend's house, who was also incidentally my game master, uh, the guy who introduced me to uh, all role-playing games, we used to have upwards of 12 to 16 person Worms Armageddon tournaments (laughs) all night and really make his dad angry because we kept waking him up. (laughs) And um, we would just take turns 
sitting around the computer playing two person alternating worms games until there was only one person remaining, AKA me. I, mm. I was a monster at that game too. <laughs> We're learning a lot it. about Dr. B. I am yeah, not nice when it comes dive. to certain games. It's just like the nice Dr. B portion gets locked up in the back and this slobbering frothing <laughs> at the mouth's mouth, like, game monster comes forth just like ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man you are making me remember the like land parties man so good I, we did halo land parties back yeah. in the day it was so much fun ah um okay let's uh let's see what chat has been up to while we've been talking uh let's see uh babylon ranger 2261 says uh right and calling uh your out-of-state relatives isn't going to, uh, up with your or isn't growing up with your family that's or keeping up with your family that's true like if you don't live in the same state you basically have an online relationship with that part of the family that's like there there's a word and this is a word that the kids today don't necessarily know. Mm-hmm. Two, two words, technically. Pen pal. Oh, God, pen pal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that was that was 100% thing. But that was also not viewed as a real friendship or relationship back in the day. And, and like, like, OK, here's a good one. My uh, all my uh, half siblings, uh, my, my donor can see siblings. We don't live in the same area, but like we talk all the time and stuff like that. Well, not as much now because I've gotten a full-time job and I'm very busy. Um, But (laughs) like we talk as much as we can and stuff like that and are getting to know each other. And that's the only way that we're able to, and and we're siblings, we're related. Um, Yeah. No, the, the, the the whole, like you have to be in person. Look, the only way I get to talk to Dr. B is through, through the screen. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. 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 (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i can't see you I can't, I can't. <laughs> well th- this is just nice of star chaser 43 to say in my opinion the content is so worth the few tech issues no worries trevor Aww. thank you Appreciate Aww. um let's see this is uh roland d uh d h t g uh does the research show that very uh that varying by age i think this was um this is going i'm reading them from like the start of the show and stuff uh are younger people more likely to bond online than older people uh thinking about what uh i have observed with my children oh that's a great question i don't know if i i haven't seen any research specifically equating it younger to older but since people who are on the younger spectrum tend to be more technologically native, uh, that would make logical sense to me that that, that happens. Um, because mm-hmm. even in my cohort and, and Dr. B, I'm not exactly sure how old you are, Trevor. But, Trevor, but um, wait, you're, wait, I'm 33. Oh, yeah, no. He's okay, so you're a little younger. Okay, generally, in the th- people in the 30s, I'm 38, it's okay. Um, even in my generation who I feel like grew up with the internet, you know, I got the internet when I was middle school, early high school, plenty of people my age do not have nothing to do with games, have nothing to mm-hmm. do with Zoom, you know, are still muted on Zoom and we've been in the pandemic for two years. So it would make sense that the younger, <laughs> the younger crowd may do it more. <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> Well, one uh, of, I, I remember a statistic a couple years uh, that I it was a survey statistic a couple years ago that um, proportionately those in their sixties were becoming the the most rapid adopters of mm. of technology, and it was specifically to use certain programs to connect with their kids and grandkids, mm. yeah. and that was specifically around things like FaceTime. And while 
um, the the survey data, and I wish I could remember who did this survey. What they what they showed is that while there was more reticence on the part of their older demographics, once they were used to the technology, they rated it as just as integral to their lives as mm. uh, people younger. Mm. Mm. Cool. God, I really wish I could remember who did. I it's gonna bug me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this next one uh, can comes from uh, Lando uh, CSF. Uh, what are the types of cues that would uh, help guide the path to uh, from bridging to bonding? We have cues in physical spaces that are often absent in digital gaming spaces. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely true. A lot of the nonverbal cues are gone, um, and the funny thing is, we actually make up for those. So if, if we're talking about going from bridging to bonding. We don't have tone of voice, for instance, if we're using text-based speech, but we do have how close is your avatar standing next to my avatar? Like you do have physical proximity cues. Like the internet games have been very good at adopting to make up for these missing uh, missing links. So I think what Dr. V was saying earlier about the self-disclosure, that's a good that's a good way of measuring because the key difference between bridging and bonding social capital is that emotional uh, support. And one of the things I, I will say is that, um, and this is this is going to be from a very autistic perspective, um, the structures of conversations are still there. And there's um, one of the ways I kind of get through things, and incidentally, so do a couple of friends of mine in the game industry who are excellent narrative designers for this reason, is because we all view, uh, the, those of these particular friends and I tend to view conversations transactionally and structurally. And there's certain mm. patterns that exist. And online, there are other patterns that exist. And think about what it is when some when in a chat conversation, it's all related to a certain context. And somebody comes in and they just, apropos of nothing, I like pie. <laughs> do, do you really like pie? I like pie. And then the whole thing stops. Mm-hmm. Because they didn't contribute anything to the conversation that was going on. Mm-hmm. And so staying within a certain context, and of course there's variability and there's a certain flow, but there is um, there there are those cues, like when somebody goes a little off topic, mm-hmm. does the conversation follow with them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I like to look for those structural cues. The yeah, I, I I think another one for me is uh like humor is a big thing for me. And so if someone like if someone starts riffing with me after I've done a joke, I I'm like, I will you and I can be friends much faster. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and like uh, there there I think have that's been people- how we met. It might actually, yeah, actually, yeah, we did immediately start riffing. <laughs> um but but like yeah, if if the conversation moves away (laughs) from um what we're doing in the game that to me is a type of social cue that that person and i can be friends um if if the only thing the person is talking about is what's happening in the game get to this position watch out for this Mm -hmm. thing contributing nothing else to conversation i'm like okay you don't you don't you just want to do this that's fine i'm cool with that whatever uh, right. But yeah, it, it's mainly just what the conversation is about. Um, the 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 next question that came in, um, I I I, I kind of um, connects to that. 
Um, Rivero once says, question, is there any suggestion for us socially awkward people to use our experiences in social gaming relationships in real life? And like, again, with the, the Halo thing, like it was me paying attention to what that was like having a notepad in my head of like that worked that didn't work and uh upon meeting dr b very early on finding out that that was a big thing of adhd and autism which made me go yeah. ah um yeah. <laughs> so yeah it, it it really is paying attention to how for me for like how people responded to stuff and how uh, for me to best act to have just a good time and not just you know walk in and say i love pie <laughs> which is incidentally my always my example for that i'm surprised I haven't and you know what given... i really do love pie it's, it's, so a, do it's, i it's well, good, who good. i mean honestly i if if i went in and i just randomly shouted that at people there's going to be someone who agrees with me no one has ever said i dislike pie gonna be that pie is it's gonna be like what about cake and I'm going to be like, we're not talking about cake. We're talking about pie. We're talking about pie. Yeah. Unless you, unless you want to expand this into other, into a topic of desserts in general. But even, but even that has a flow to it. That has a contextual flow. We're going from pie to cake, maybe to croissants. Either way, all baked confectionaries. <laughs> Dr. B, um, you're, you're talking my love language. <laughs> <laughs> Butter and gluten, baby. <laughs> gonna say carbs are also my love language so we're, we're in there. there you go there you go uh uh dr goose uh has a has a uh, thing here uh of course she does <laughs> uh gamer tag names are legit uh the husband uh met me as goose uh and still calls me that uh though it's often goosey uh as uh, affectionate and familiar uh him calling me by my legal name is so weird <laughs> same <laughs> is true for a lot of friends <laughs> that is really funny. I love that. <laughs> God, there there was I did I I have had a few friends who I met online that um you know cause like we we would I we would know each other's first names but we'd still be like just call me that like like I would be like you can call me Trevor and then one of my friends was like you know call me this you know, call me my gamer tag and it was really funny because that person ended up moving to my city and we hung out in person several times and like i would still call him his gamer tag and my friends were very confused well i mean so it's it, it's a strange it it becomes a term of endearment uh like yeah. there are a lot of friends in my life that I, I met after i took the job at take this and in professional context everybody calls me dr b but you know outside of that i'm like you can call me Raphael, or you can call me you know whatever and there and it felt so weird to them dr b became their way of showing affection and respect oh that's 100 percent with me like i call you dr b all the time like I've, i think i've called you Raphael like six times <laughs> and i've been i felt weird about it every time <laughs> <laughs> it's very true um i uh so the next question is from uh monkey house uh question uh video games have def uh defined rules and pre preconscribed i can say words preconscribed barriers uh so would you say our friendships are thus shaped by the demands of the uh marketplace on developers or, or, or the marketplace of the uh i can't say words demands <laughs> of the marketplace the on developers yeah no. basically no. just saying how like the, the the structure of the game kind of influences the type of friendships that we make uh no, no. not really because no. you know there's the game there's discord there's you know different elements of the game i mean i would not i would we'll just say 
TLDR. No. <laughs> well, one of the things one of the things I, I teach people when it comes to the applied use of role playing games is that the difference between um, video game RPGs and tabletop RPGs is the vastness of player agency. And as people, we have the agency to expand our social repertoire outside of the games. I mean, I use them as a jumping off point to other things. And so the idea that my friendships are limited by what somebody at BioWare puts into the programming language, I no. Mm -hmm. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> Prime, uh, uh, Prime, oh, they are Prime, but Gaming Grumpy Cloud says, not only do I want to see Dr. V play Mario Party, but I want, uh, uh, I, but I bet he's a blast with Jackbox games. Okay. He is actually a blast with Jackbox games. I'm I a blast with Mario Party as long I, as you don't oppose I me. Shirts. I've bought the shirts, the merch from the <laughs> TKO, the thing that he has made. Should have worn one. Um, he's actually Wait, really fun. To which one was it? Was it the butts one? Um, I have uh, one, a clinical role throwback. Um, oh, about, the I, uh, sparkles. I would like to rage. Uh, I'm, yes. And the, um, what was the one, the tagline that Gragnold always, I learned it from you. I learned it from you. Um. This, I, I, I really like this one. Uh, Karth Age Bruja says, um, my son used to come home crying every day in seventh grade. And I told him that it would get uh, a lot better once he found his niche of people. Mm -hmm. uh, and gaming is one of those places uh, you can find that niche. It's 100%. Yeah. Yes. Completely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The, that, that, I mean, I, my, oddly, funny enough, like my social groups in senior year of high school was rocky and like falling apart. And there was a lot of fallouts that people had and everything like that. But I still got to come home after school and hang out with my usual online friends and everything was fine. Yeah. Well, think about it. You already have whittled down, you know, the Earth's population to people who like space fantasy. <laughs> like, I mean, you're already <laughs> yeah. starting with a good group. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the increased accessibility to online platforms becomes a double-edged sword in terms of our ability to curate the people that we spend time with. Mm -hmm. On one hand, we can find like-minded people who share our values, and that can be tremendously beneficial. I mean, I've certainly known a lot of teens in my life um, who were exploring their identity somewhere mm -hmm. uh, within the LGBTQIA plus spectrum. Um, and finding their online communities was their way of doing it, especially in small towns where they might've grown up. On the other hand, if you happen to have radicalized harmful views, it's also easy for you to find your people that way too. I mean, mm -hmm. like any technology, there's pros and cons. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to read uh, uh, two more here uh, or actually three more here. Uh, TTRPG gift says evil Dr. V equal uh, Mr. V. <laughs> <laughs> but uh counting coup comes in with dr b and mr Hyde <laughs> for mario party yes yes <laughs> but uh ttrpg gives has a suggestion to read it uh uh for the next episode which is champion psychology episode 28 butter and gluten baby <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> 
uh, also, I, I did want to put it here at the uh, J, uh, our, our awesome mod uh, for the show, uh, put it in the text doc. Don't worry, Dr. B, me and my friends are uh, also awful when we play Mario Party. There's no mercy between us. I can appreciate <laughs> this. I can absolutely appreciate this. Um, <laughs> as long as, and but this is another thing we should probably bring up uh, just really briefly, is the idea of social contracts. Mm. And flexibility of social contracts is really important when you go into different contexts and that ability to code switch between those either tacitly agreed upon or overtly agreed upon social contracts. And if I go into a place where I know it's going to be ruthless when it comes to Mario party, I'm down with this. Now, if I go into, if I go into a preschool and I start, (laughs) and I start saying the things that I said to our mutual friend, to a preschooler i am going to get on i am going to get on so you many see that parents star lit. i just stole that's your soul it's mine <laughs> yeah, that, you see that star that went out child that's your hopes for the future <laughs> yeah see see how quickly he turns that switch on yeah, you don't yeah. want to play with him <laughs> um unfortunately that is where we're gonna have to start wrapping things up we're going a little bit long here uh uh dr court thank you so much for for joining us today uh where can people uh find you if they would like to do so on the internet uh they can find me on twitter at dr court and you can find me on youtube at Sightgeist. perfect dr b how about you you can find pretty much i'm on all the things at uh the dr b you can see it below t-h-e-e-d-o-c-t-o-r b as in boy you can find me there on twitch you can find me there on twitter you can find me i i now i'm like going into a red hot chili pepper song i think it was walkabout <laughs> uh you can find me on on difficult on the difficulty class podcast every friday as well as the champions lore sh- uh podcast or show show and podcast every wednesday at 11 a.m pacific standard time here on twitch.tv slash cne games uh you can also find me on twitter at the trevor there is an a hiding in there uh thank you to jay for moderating in the chat as always uh, and thank you to codename entertainment and take this for giving us an opportunity to have these discussions uh if you miss any part of the show you can uh find it later as a podcast at 2 p.m on your favorite podcast service and if you have any suggestions for future topics you'd like us to talk about send those into champions of psychology at codenameentertainment.com for those of you that are live with us right now be sure to come back at 1pm for Bardic Inspiration where Dylan and Jason Charles Miller will be making another awesome song Uh, but that is going to do it for this week's show once again Dr. Court thank you so much Uh, hopefully we can have you on the show again at some point in the future Uh, but until then take care of yourself Champions of Psychology is meant as education and entertainment It is not a substitute for medical advice or professional counseling. Discussion of mental health topics will be primarily rooted in research and the personal experiences and self-disclosures of the hosts. While we can provide generalized education and possible mental health resources, we cannot offer any recommendations, advice, or opinions for any specific persons, cases, or situations. We provide these resources and links at our sole discretion, but have not necessarily vetted or reviewed any resource. We assume no liability for the use of the information or resources on these sites, and we encourage you to use your own best judgment.